all of them. Day one. I'm alive and direct them full of fat. Making all these broke bitches break right. they next Cows wanna go to war, better come correct. Will this rain shot pour you? Yeah, my shots stay wet. My shots stay wet, yeah. My shots stay wet, yeah. My shots stay wet, yeah, 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 yeah. It's Monday, so you know what time it is. Hoop Questions Monday is back on the air. QP Sports Exchange Podcast is bringing it to you. It's your host, Vince. And we are late today. We had some therapy done for one of our household members, and we had to all be collectively involved. So, we are getting to this pod late, but we got a lot of good information. I'm going to run down the pod for you right now. We got new owners of the T-Wolves and the Lynx. We have a Oladipo conundrum. Golden State state of emergency we also have a questionable trade scenario i love these this is my homage to bill simmons and then we're going to go on campus and talk a little college basketball or we will leave with some draft news and a scouting profile so i'm really happy about that and then lastly i have a stat that should blow your mind. And I hope that you will be able to talk about this with your partners or your girlfriends, whomever. And it should uh, should hopefully invoke some real good chat. And I will hope that you guys hit me up on Twitter, which is QPP Network, and on Instagram and Facebook, Question Point Pod Network. So, with that being said... Let's get on to the show somewhat. We're going to talk about some news going on in the house. First, some show business. We talked about rolling out a third pod. Um, It's still being worked on. There has to be a name and obviously some sort of logo and all that type of jazz. So look forward to that, but it's still in development. So we will be working continuously on that um there is a another pod that i should be on fairly soon there is rumors that there will be a question point pod soon i have been in contract negotiations with the other host belinda my wife and uh That should be rolling out, I would hope, by week's end. So Friday or Saturday, we should be having another pod. So there's a lot of exciting news going on with Question Point Podcast Network. So you guys are the beneficiaries of this. And if you want to hear about movies and you want to hear about TV shows and anecdotal items and just quirky takes on things that's the pod for you all right get yourself a cup of coffee cappuccino tea latte smoothie whatever it is that you drink and you get on that pod so there'll be a question point pod cast in the near future and i will 
break down more information on that on the social media platform. So that's uh, the showbiz part of the show. And let's see what's going on at the house. We watch WrestleMania night one and two here at the house. Your boy Vince, super excited. Shout out to Bianca Belair to, for winning the woman's title on SmackDown, beating Sasha Banks. So that was pretty epic on that part. And I will just say this. I don't know if Vince has something to do with this. Shout out to Vince McMahon. You know, that billionaire genius. Or if it was a collaborative effort. But I will say this, that the Roman Reigns heel turn and his demeanor is absolutely electric. He got plenty of heat from the crowd last uh, last night, which was great. And he ended up winning, and he is still the Universal Champion, and I was excited about that. So, I know this is wrestling on a basketball podcast, but this is my opening, and I get to talk about whatever it is that I feel like talking about. So, without further ado, let's get to this Who Questions Monday and start this pod. So we're going to get right into it. Mark Lore and former New York Yankee Alex Rodriguez bought the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx for a estimated $1.5 billion. The 79-year-old Glenn Taylor, who is the owner at this present time, um, is going to kind of transition both franchises over to the new owners, A-Rod and Mark Lore. Now, these two gentlemen were the guys that were unsuccessful in buying the Mets earlier in the year. So they turned right around and bought the T-Wolves and the Lynx. So look for that transition. It will take 24 months. Uh, we will be on top of that. But here's the thing. That I want to bring to you right now. Because it's special. So. Alex Rodriguez. And this is confirmed. Has a portrait. A self portrait of himself. As a centaur. In one of his homes. Okay. Um, Can you imagine. That portrait. Being in his office. In Minnesota. And then he sits down and talks to Carl Anthony Town about the direction of the franchise and how he envisions Carl Anthony Towns to be a part of it. I can see Rodriguez. <laughs> I can see A Rod sitting on the edge of his desk, you know, trying to be a regular guy, talking to Carl Anthony Towns like, "Hey man, it's great, you know, it's great to be here. I got some exciting ideas." You know, I want you to be the 
foundation piece, the cornerstone of our franchise. I want to make you as big as KG and all that. And my man Carl Anthony Town can't even focus on what A-Rod is saying because he's staring at a self-portrait of A-Rod as a centaur. It's like, bro, I don't, I can't, I can't even focus right now. Is there like another office we could go to so I don't have to see you as a centaur? Listen, first and foremost, I wanted to get that joke off, but, oh, by the way, all true about the centaur self-portrait thing of A-Rod. But, you know, congratulations to A-Rod. Um, he has been trying to be a, a owner of a franchise um, for about three years now, it seems like. And uh, he's been kind of on the outskirts of things. He was real close on the New York Mets deal. You know, um, they just went with uh, Steve Cohen, who had just a ton of money. So he got it. But congratulations to A-Rod. Um, it's good to see minorities. It's good to see people... Um, who have an interest in, in this and who are looking like not just your regular run-of-the-mill owner, so to speak. You know, um, we have now Michael Jordan down in Charlotte and A-Rod and, and, um, in Minnesota. So this is, this is a, a situation where we can be happy. We are hoping for... We're hoping for more diversity soon, obviously, right? And we hope that that brings about change in the in the landscape of the NBA. But shouts out to A-Rod. Shouts out to Mark Lohr for their purchase of the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Minnesota Lynx, who've been doing it real big. They've been the most uh, successful franchise, the WNBA counterpart winning titles, and whatnot. I think they're four-time champs. So, shouts out to A-Rod again on that. Now, we got some news that is somewhat difficult to talk about, but we're going to anyway. And what this is, I'm going to propose a question. And that question is, did Victor Oladipo misread the market for himself. The reason why I asked that question is, unfortunately, Victor Oladipo has suffered another knee injury. Um, it's supposed to be more of a cleanup type of situation, but ever since the man has had a calf injury in 2017, or no, 2018, um, you know, he just has not been the same guy. And the, the thing that really is just kind of just terrible about it is that he just can't stay on the floor. The injuries have sucked away his explosiveness and his ability to finish at the rim. He's kind of a shell of himself, unfortunately, right now. And you just hope that he can get back to, we hope that he can get back to peak Oladipo. Now, the problem with this is, and this is where we don't know if it's injury or regression, right? But I'm going to give you some numbers right now. Okay, his peak year, he, and we've done this on the pod before, so 
This is the archive pod segment of the show. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. Shout out to Brazil, Slovenia, Argentina, getting on board. Canada, where you at? My UK people, where you at? India, those are, listen, India, you guys are still doing an incredible job. Kudos to you. Thank you for joining QP Sports Exchange. We are super excited about you. Still second in the power rankings, but that's a strong second because nobody's close to you. So, we discussed his stats in his peak year. So he shot 47, almost 48% from the field in 2017. He shot a 37.1% from the three, from three land. And he shot 80% of his free throws. Now, ever since then, okay, here are the stats for him. And this is the stats for this year. So he's going into a contract year. Now, I'm also going to tell you one other thing with this before I give you the stats for this year. Remember, Houston offered him a contract extension of two years and $45 million, and he turned that down. Now, Victor Oladipo is going to hit the open market. What is his value? Because this is the numbers from this year. He's 40% from the field. Total field goals. Okay? He's at 33% from three. He's at 78% of his free throws. And the other thing is is that he's getting to the line less. Like a, a free throw and a half less than peak Oladipo. He was getting to the line five times a game in his peak year. And he's getting there about three and a half times now. So what's his value on the open market? If you're the Miami Heat who took a, a flyer, do you re-sign Victor Oladipo or do you see if you want to spend your money elsewhere? So the question again is, did Victor Oladipo misread his market? You know, so hit me up on uh, Twitter at QPP Network. Hit me up on Instagram and Facebook at Question Point Pod Network. So for you Miami Heat fans or your Victor Oladipo fans or even your Houston Rockets fans, these are all questions that you guys can ask yourself and see where you stand. But I tell you right now, it doesn't really look good for Victor Oladipo because the other thing about getting maxed and getting, you know, that that huge that huge bag that he wants because I'm sure he's looking at $30 million. I'm sure that's what he was looking at. But if you can't stay available and be on the court, you know, I know this is a real weird season or whatever, but if you can't stay on the court, that's a problem. And it's going to be hard to get the monies that he's looking for. He might have to have a one-year, you know, prove-it deal to build up his... uh his value again, and then go out, go back out onto the market. So I don't know if he if he should have took the two year extension, and maybe had an opt out 
after a year in Houston? In Houston, do you feel, you know, vindicated? You know, Raphael Stone was getting just blasted for the Victor Oladipo trade and what they got back. But are you just glad to get off the money? You guys think about that. Please join in the conversation. Like I said, on Twitter, QPP Network. And on Instagram and Facebook, it's Question Point Pod Network. All right. So we're going to move on from there. And Woj has a report. So Adrian Rojanowski from ESPN says that Golden State center, rookie center, James Wiseman, is probably out for the year with a torn meniscus in his knee. Here's the thing with that. There's a two-fold deal. If you're Golden State, did you see enough to make a decision on James Wiseman? I think the jury's still out. The man didn't have, like, a regular training camp. Um, You know, he had some COVID issues that he had to deal with. You know, and then the growing pains of a rookie. Then not really being able to practice a lot because... There's not a lot of practicing going on because of the COVID restrictions. So you have all that in place. And he's just had a choppy season. You know, injuries to start his season, injuries to end his season. And now we're just looking for him to get back healthy and get back to the James Wiseman that was a McDonald's All-American in high school. And that was like two years ago. So not that long ago. And keep in mind, of the guys who came out, you're looking at a guy who played three collegiate games, okay? He had that weird uh, thing that made him ineligible at Memphis, just mismanaging that whole deal. I understand the rules and all that, but that should have been something that could have been worked out where that man should have been able to play at least more than half the year, and we would have saw a little bit more of James Wiseman to make a true evaluation of what he is or what he could be. But I'm looking at James Wiseman like this. It's a situation where you just chalk this up to a real choppy year. You start a new next year and you go from there. But I do have a question for Warrior fans out there. Dub Nation, how y'all doing? Strength in numbers, what's up? Shots out to Steph Curry. I got a little story on that before I go into uh, my trade scenario. But, so if you're the Golden State Warriors, you're in the 10th slot right now when it comes to the playoff race. So you are literally in the plan at this point. You got Zion Williamson breathing down your neck for that 10th slot. And with the injuries to James Wiseman, And you got Steph Curry just killing it on a nightly basis. Is it one of those things where you just kind of chalk up the year? You kind of hope you don't make the plan. So you can kind of hook up your draft slot a little bit. Maybe catch a break and get really low as far as getting like a real early lottery pick. I mean, listen. I know one thing. They're not going to intentionally lose. They're not going to tank. Okay? I'm not asking 
the Golden State Warriors and the babyface assassin Steph Curry to tank games. That's not what I'm saying. What I would say is this. If you're trying to evaluate James Wiseman and now he's done for the year, right? And you don't have Clay. You know, the bench is real, you know, suspect as far as that's concerned. We know that clearly if Steph somehow drags them in to the play-in, you know, I don't know what their future holds when it comes to that, okay? So you have that. And now the other thing is this. You have the, the other shoe that hasn't dropped yet, and it won't drop until the lottery. And that's that coveted Minnesota pick that Golden State currently holds. But here's the caveat. If the Minnesota Timberwolves, who right now are currently the worst team in the West, there's a good possibility that they're going to end up with anywhere between one and three. Now, they flatten the odds, so their best odds are to end up fifth. That's just how the lottery rolls. Now, any anything outside the top three, that pick goes to Golden State. So if Minnesota ends up fourth or fifth pick in the draft, that goes to Golden State. So they could be looking at two lottery picks. But you can't bank on that, right? So it's just one of those situations where I'm just asking the question, Golden State fans. I'm not saying you should tank. I'm not saying you should go ahead and scrap the season. You know, enjoy Steph. Enjoy him in all his glory. Shooting threes from the logo. Falling out of bounds, hitting threes. Shooting threes from like the lowest level of the chase center. All that. He's just a brilliant brilliant basketball player and he has brought a lot of joy and fun back into the association this year and it was good to see Steph play a lot of games but as far as your season is concerned knowing all the stuff that's going on with the team at this present time with the injuries mounting up not really having a bench to speak of is this just one of those years you just kind of go like, listen, we're going to load up for next year. We got Clay coming back, whatever the case may be. And we'll see if we can kind of double dip in the lottery. Or if not double dip, make sure our pick is as low as it could possibly be because there's some, some nice pieces in this draft. But if you can get somewhere in that top five, I've talked to scouts. I've talked to a lot of people. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. And everybody is saying that there's a there's a drop off from five. First five, you know, everybody's really solid on those guys. There's no like surprises when it comes to the top five. It's Kay Cunningham of Oklahoma State. It's Evan Mobley of USC. It's Jalen Suggs of Gonzaga. It's Jalen Green of the G League Ignite team. And it's Jonathan Kamiga of the G League Ignite team. Those are the five. And then after that, there's a little bit of a drop-off. But what a lot of people really believe about this draft is there's a lot of solid players. 
a lot of people that can make impacts in the league. And as far as depth is concerned, this is a really good draft for that. So, I asked the question again, Dub Nation. What's your preference? Just go all out and try to make the playoffs? Or kind of fall back a little bit, kind of spruce up your your draft uh, capital or draft chances and see where you fall in the lottery and then come back reloaded next year? It's just a question. But join that conversation at QPP Network on Twitter and Question Point Pod Network on Instagram and Facebook. All right. I'm going to talk a little bit about Steph and the Golden State organization. There was a real cool story that um, kind of manifested itself over the weekend. And there's a gentleman by the name of Anthony Harris. And Anthony Harris spent 26 years in prison. He uh, rehabilitated himself. He was also part of the prison systems. He used to call games in the prison yard. The Golden State Warriors have a initiative where they go and they uh, they go to the prison. I think it's Folsom. They go to Folsom and you know they talk to the guys and and even part of the Golden State upper management goes. And Mr. Harris made himself stand out. He handled his business in prison. He rehabilitated himself. And he was able to do PA announcements for the Golden State Warriors over the weekend. And he had some cool calls. He called Steph Curry the babyface assassin when he dropped the three. You know, he had calls for Draymond. And before James Wiseman got hurt, he had calls for him. But it's a cool story of redemption. Um, I did effort to reach out to Mr. Harris and uh, try to get him on the pod. And I'm going to continue to do so. Because I just think the story is amazing. But you can go on... um, You can go into the Gold State website and get more information on that. But shouts out to Anthony Harris and shouts out to just him doing the work and um, just, man, it, it's such a feel-good story for this man to to just go through what he went through, come out the other side, see the error of his ways, and then make good and just become a productive member of society. So, shouts out to Anthony Harris. Shouts out to the Golden State Warriors organization. That's a class act. Even as a Laker fan, I got to give it to him. You know what I'm saying? Shouts out to Steph Curry. Spearheading it and kind of getting that idea out there. And also, Anthony Harris was pretty much named like player of the game for that situation as well. So, it was just a cool moment. It was one of those things that in the in the dog days while we're trying to wait patiently for the playoffs to start, it was just one of those cool little stories that popped up and I wanted to share it with you guys. So I hope you enjoyed it.
All right, we we debuted a segment last week, and we called it questionable trade scenarios, playing off the name of the podcast, playing off the name of the network. So we're bringing it back today, and I'm really excited about it because obviously I get to invoke my spirit animal, Bill Simmons, who is just an inspiration to this podcast and what I'm trying to do independently, which is build a podcast network. So I'm looking for people. So if you're hearing my voice, I want you to know I have a spot for you. Talk to me. We'll develop something and you will put you on the air. That's for sure. I also have a website. So if you want to blog about something sports related or not, I have a spot for you. So you know how to get me on my social media platforms. So keep that in mind because I want something like the ringer. I want to be something similar to the ringer with a little more flavor. You know what I'm saying? With a little more street. With a little more grit. No offense to Bill Simmons. I love Bill Simmons. That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? I'll talk about him on this podcast 24-7 if I could. But we got a show to get to. And we have a trade scenario that I came up with. And it also includes Bill Simmons' favorite team. Yes, those Boston Celtics. You know what I'm saying? I'm an L.A. fan. I'm still not rocking that shamrock. Even though I spent 15 years in Boston, I couldn't do that. Got a lot of respect for the Patriots organization. I got a lot of respect for the Celtics organization. But I could never go green. I know my wife is hearing this right now. And she's saying, Vince, I want you to go green. Because she's a hippie. She's a hippie chick. And she loves the earth. But I could never go green. Not Celtic green. Not the Shamrock. But they are included in this trade scenario as I pay homage to my spirit animal, Bill Simmons. So I'm going to give you the trade scenario. I'm going to then explain some of the machinations of the trade and why I thought it would work for everybody. And let's see how it goes. And if you have a wacky trade scenario... But here's the deal. you got It has to be ESPN trade machine approved. No trades here that are just complete fantasy. We got to make this work. You know, we got to start putting on our GM caps and getting that grind in. You know what I'm saying? We got to pull our inner Daryl Morey. We got to pull our inner Jerry West. We got to pull... Our inner Rob Palenka. Shouts out to you, Rob. Doing your thing. Getting Ben McLemore in there. Getting Andre Drummond in there. You know, as a Laker fan, that I salute you, Rob Palenka, for doing the damn thing. And getting our guys some help as our two top weapons sit and get rest and get ready for this playoff run. All right. So the trade scenario goes like this. It's a three-team deal. The particulars in this deal are the Atlanta Hawks, 
the Boston Celtics, and the Golden State Warriors. This is going to be spicy, guys. This is going to be real sick. So I'm excited about it. And like I said, it is ESPN trade machine approved. So I did. I ran the numbers. You know what I'm saying? I did it. The Hawks get shooting guard Jalen Brown from the Boston Celtics. Listen, Celtics, relax. Don't worry. I get to you next. But Jalen Brown goes to the Atlanta Hawks. Along with center Tristan Thompson from the Celtics. And also James Wiseman of the Golden State Warriors goes to Atlanta. ATL, how you feeling with James Wiseman and Trey Young and the boys getting after it? I told you this trade was spicy. Now on to the Celtics and what they get. The Celtics get Draymond Green from the Golden State Warriors. The Celtics also get Clint Capella from the Atlanta Hawks, the center from from Atlanta. And they receive guard Jordan Poole from the Golden State Warriors as well. Now, if the Celtics are going looking at this trade going, well, this don't look good for us. Hold on, player. I got you. You also receive, Celtic fans, my second home. You receive the Golden State Warriors Minnesota pick, whether it pops off this year or next year. You get that pick. All right? Now, I know Golden State is real nervous. I know Dub Nation is sitting there going like, whoa, we lost, wait, we lost Draymond Green James Wiseman, Jordan Poole, what's going on, Vince? What do we get? Well, Dub Nation, I got something for you. So the Golden State Warriors will receive forward John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks. They'll receive forward Danilo Gallinari from the Atlanta Hawks as well. They'll get Marcus Smart. From the Boston Celtics, the guard, the defensive stalwart. And they also get Kevin Herter from the Atlanta Hawks. Alright, so I'm going to break this trade down. We're going to start with the Hawks and why I thought about this trade and what it does for them, okay? The Hawks get Jalen Brown. Well, first and foremost, you're talking about a, a crazy one-two punch, right? With Trey and Jalen Brown. And the other thing that Jalen can do is he can get his own bucket. Okay, so he can do some isolation. So now this relieves some of the pressure that Trey Young holds as the leader of the Atlanta Hawks. You got another guy who's tested, who's been in the playoffs, getting it done. So this will be a good situation, a little pickup for them. Now, Tristan Thompson is there for two reasons. He provides veteran leadership he also provides a backup to James Wiseman and he also provides some sage advice for James Wiseman you know what I'm saying so you got some dudes in here that are going to help your squad now you get James Wiseman so now you pair up number one pick last year with Trey Young 
and Jalen Brown. And here's the thing. Now you can have James Wiseman grow into his spot. You know what I'm saying? He can be that back-to-the-basket guy. He can face up. He can do some of the things offensively that he's not going to be able to do in Golden State because that team runs through Steph Curry. And I'm not saying that the game will run through James Wiseman in Atlanta, but what you're going to get is you're going to get some more touches in Atlanta. That's for sure. Trey Young's on your squad. He's going to get you the basketball. So you have that. So basically this trade is to upgrade the offense, upgrade the defense, give Atlanta a more consistent outside outlet in Jalen Brown. I think you get an incredible rebounder in Tristan Thompson and somebody who can provide some leadership and also some words for James Wiseman. And then you get the last year's first overall pick, James Wiseman. You're making out in this deal, Atlanta. Now, Golden State, why do you do this deal? Well, first of all, you now have a, what a four looks like in the NBA now. You have a today's four in John Collins. Okay? You get an athletic big who can play defense. He's solid there. He's going to give you 18, solid. Even when Clay comes back, he's not one of those guys I think will shrink. You also get Danilo Gallinari. Your bench is atrocious. Dove Nation, it is not good. And Danilo Gallinari would provide some stability to that bench. You get Marcus Smart. Now, here's the thing with this. This is your Draymond replacement, Golden State. I didn't leave you hanging. And the other thing is, is that you got somebody who would confidently put up his shot. Okay? The one thing with Draymond right now is that he is not a willing shooter. Okay? He provides excellent defense. I mean, it's extraordinary right now as far as what he's doing on the defensive end of the floor. But the problem is, is that even though he is passing at a, at a just a sick, sick rate right now and his assist level is crazy, he's not really spreading the floor or spacing the floor properly because people are know right now he's not a willing shooter so they sag off of him and they just stack the lane so the rotations are easier and quicker to get to on the other guys because you're kind of really playing four on five okay so Marcus Smart would be a now a wing defender which if you look at Golden State right now their defense is not that great you know, now obviously, does that defense look better with Klay Thompson in it? Here's the thing. Even Klay Thompson in the last couple of weeks said, pump the brakes on me coming back and being like, you know, the number one wing defender is going to take me some time to get back to who I was. So here is a guy that can take the pressure off Klay as far as he'll be the number one wing defender. Marcus Smart is an all-defensive player, so you know that he's going to bring that intensity on that end. And he can give you 8 to 12 points a game consistently, whether he's in a starting role or a backup role. Okay? That guy dies for loose balls. He's always in the passing lane. He's a pest. He's a great individual defender as well as a team defender. 
So you got something real solid there. And then also Golden State, you get Kevin Herter. Now people say, well, what what's that about? Well, you get Kevin Herter for two reasons. One, your bench, again, is atrocious. And two, here's your Clay Thompson insurance policy. Because my man Kevin Herter can stroke it, okay? Stroke it. Like 44% from three. He is sick with his three. So you're getting a lot back. It's um, it's crazy. It's a crazy trade. I understand that, but that's what I'm doing. I am pulling out my inner Bill Simmons right now and giving you these trades. So to the Hawk fans, to the Celtics fans, to the Golden State fans, hit me up on Twitter. Tell me what your thoughts are on this trade at QPP Network and on Question Point Pod Network on IG and Facebook. All right, QPeak Sports Exchange. Last week on Hoop Questions Monday, we had a ultimatum for UCLA and the men's program. And I want to say kudos to the athletic director, Mr. Jermon, and all the higher-ups at UCLA because Mick Cronin got a two-year extension with UCLA. I know we were calling for longer he deserves all of it. Mick Cronin will be the coach for the UCLA Bruins until the end of the 2026-2027 season. So his money is guaranteed, and he is now locked in. So first of all, QP Sports Exchange podcast is definitely excited about that. Okay, let me tell you something. When we ask for something, we going to get it. That's how we roll here at QP Sports Exchange. And Coach Cronin, shouts out to you. Shouts out to the program. Congrats on the extension that we called for. Now, I know your agent has something to do with that. But we put pressure on UCLA. And they gave my man the bag. So, Shouts out to Mick Cronin and shouts out to the incredible run you had in the tournament. Now, the reason why I'm bullish on Cronin getting this extension is for several reasons. So here's some of the reasons why I came up with why I was excited about him getting this extension. One, it gives the program stability. Okay, you know this is the man at the helm. You don't have to worry about, well, is he going to cut out or whatever, especially to incoming freshmen who maybe not have aspirations to go to the NBA like right away. You know, maybe they want to do two, three years. You know your coach is going to be there because you just signed the extension. So you know you're good for 22, 23, 24, usually on that type of situation. The other thing is that this only boosts recruiting, knowing that, uh, Mick Cronin has 
this extension in his back pocket. He can go out and confidently talk to recruits about building on what they did this year, what they achieved this year, and building a new legacy in Westwood. Because you know Mick Cronin is going to bring up John Wooden, and you know Mick Cronin is going to talk about the four letters on the front because that's what that man has been about since he got there. He's been about bringing back all the former UCLA Bruins basketball players of yesteryear and saying, hey, this is our tradition. This is what we're about. We're not about losing seasons. We're about excellence. So he's brought former Bruins together, you know what I'm saying, having them a part of the program. He talks extensively about what the four letters mean to him and how he is so grateful to be a part of the UCLA family. So this only helps with recruiting. Only going to help with that. The continuance of the culture is another reason why I'm excited about this extension. Because what you saw in the, in the tournament is something that Mick Cronin is going to continue to instill in his players. He's going to continue to look for players like Jalen Clark. He has another one coming in, by the way. Shouts out to Will McClendon, Bishop Gorman, coming to UCLA next year. Another Jalen Clark type guy getting after on the defensive side of the ball. Willing to guard. Willing to get nose to nose. And if you saw what Baylor did to Gonzaga, that is what Mick Cronin is trying to build at UCLA. Ultra aggressive, defensive minded, tough minded guards. Good wings and a solid big man. That's what he's trying to build. So, those are the reasons why I'm really excited about Cronin getting this extension. I believe that this is just going to only help the program. This is only going to also help the program's image and its national, like, how it's known, you know, nationally. Because this run was incredible. As a UCLA fan, you know I can't be more excited. Eight clap all day. Go Bruins all day long. Okay, powder blue and gold for me, yes, absolutely. So, again, shout out to the whole UCLA men's basketball program. I'm excited for y'all. I'm excited for the future. And the only other thing that we have to concern ourselves with is one Johnny Juzang. He has a decision to make. Obviously, Mick Cronin as his coach will help him along with his family, to see what the best course of action is for Mr. Ju Zhang, Mr. Jay Silky, you know what I'm saying? So we'll see what that lies next year, and we'll have more information on it in the weeks to come. Because trust me, if he goes into the draft, we will talk about it. Now, a couple more things on campus is this. Texas Tech's guard, Mac McClung, has entered the draft 
but he's not going to get representation. And he's also entered the transfer portal. So Texas Tech is losing a big-time scorer, whether he's going to the NBA or whether he's going to a different school. And this all has to do with Chris Beard leaving for the University of Texas in Austin. So Matt McClung is now out there, and he's going to check on his draft status. And if he doesn't like where he's kind of rated and where he's expected to go, he'll be looking for a new team. So to my college hoop fans out there, Matt McClung is like a 6'2 guard. He got a little shaking bake in his game. He's like a 16-point-a-game guy, you know? So, a lot of teams could use him. So, who out there could use Mac McClung? Hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network, on Instagram and Facebook, Question Point Pod Network. In other draft news, Gonzaga's shooting guard, Joel Ayayi, you know that six foot five, six foot six Congo guard that they had up there, hitting Jays, being athletic, playing defense, and all that. He is also entering the draft. Now, um, I talked to somebody about Joel Ayayi. This also starts for Mark Few. Mark Few is now part of that blue blood family, because this is what happens, Mark. This is what happens when you get real good, like you are. When you're constantly going to Sweet 16s and Final Fours and championship games, you start getting mass exodus from your program, and that's what happened. So it looks like four of the five starters are gone. We still haven't heard on Nimhard yet and whether he's going to stay or go. If he stays, that's going to be a tremendous backcourt with him and Hunter Salis. So Nimhard and Hunter Salis are going to make a tremendous backcourt for the Zags next year. But everybody else is gone. But Mark Field, he got some guys coming in. So don't you worry. That cupboard is not bare up in Spokane. All right? So we're good there. Now, I talked to my, my, dra- my, uh, my draft guy. My scout. And he dropped some information on me about Ayayi's game. Because I asked him a couple specific questions. I asked him if he thought that uh, Ayayi was a starter in the league. Or what his position was. And where he thought he was going to be drafted. So here's the, step, here's the uh, little blurb that I got from my guy. And go follow him on Instagram. It's NBA Draft Scouting. And on Twitter, it's NBA Draft Scouting. So take the G off scouting, and you got it for Twitter as well. So he hit me back. He says that uh, Ayayi is a solid second rounder. He'll be a rotational piece for a team. He could be a starter. He could be if he maxes out um, all his uh, intangibles and all of his... uh, Athletic ability comes to fruition in the NBA. He could be a starter. But he's not like a third scoring option or anything like that. So he's like a rotational piece. He could be part of your starting five as a glue guy because he can move the ball. He's very efficient with the basketball. 
He doesn't stick to him. He's decisive when he needs to drive. He might be a good rotational piece. He might be a good little bench player. So look out for Joel Ayayi in the upcoming draft. You know what I'm saying? So shouts out to that young man and trying to live his NBA dream. Now this leads us to our draft spotlight, our scouting spotlight. And again, I went to my man, NBA Draft Scouting on Instagram. And I wanted to talk about a guy who's starting to move up the draft boards real, real crazy like. And that is uh, Usman Garuba. He's a 6'8", 6'9", power forward from France. And I had questions about him because I started to see him move up draft boards like in a real way. Like, he was a guy that was like second round. And now he could be flirting with the lottery on a lot of draft boards. I'm seeing him like 15th, 16th, 17th around that area. And I'm going like, hmm. I don't know too much about him, and there wasn't a lot of tape on him. So I went to my, my scouting guy, and this is what he said. Garuba is one of the, the best defensive players in the draft, no question. He has a high energy. He dies for loose balls. He gets in the passing lane. He's a very exuberant defender. So now he's not only willing He's exuberant about it. He's excited about guarding people. He likes it. And he seems to be a switchable big as well. So he's not lost. He's not on skates when there's a guard in front of him. So says my NBA scout. He's not a ball stopper. So Florida offense type guy. Get it to the open man. He has a high IQ for basketball. He sees to see things defensively. He seems to understand offensive principles very easily. So, very skilled when it comes to moving the basketball and knowing where to be as far as his defense assignments. And also, he can make up when you mess up on yours as well. He's an extremely strong finisher at the rim. So, contact doesn't bother him that much. He's able to absorb the, con uh, absorb the contact. And then be able to finish his shot either with a dunk or with a strong layup. His jumper is a problem. He doesn't have one right now. He has to work on it. Okay. It's the weak part of his game. But his mechanics are pretty good from what the scouts tell me. And he has a, a really good work ethic. So he will be doing everything in his power to get better. And to have some sort of consistent jump shot. You don't have to work about you don't have to worry about his motor when the lights are off and he's just in the gym getting up shots. He has a thirst for the game. So that's our basically our scouting spotlight for today. This is what the draft is gonna be like. This is why I'm bringing it to you. I'm bringing you guys that you never heard of. So this is Usman Garuba. He's a 6'8", 6'9", power forward from France. There's not a lot of tape on out there on YouTube, but go look him up. And if you want a complete scouting breakdown, 
visit my guy on IG at NBA Draft Scouting and on Twitter, NBA Draft Scouting. Take the G off scouting and you got my man. So if you need some in-depth work, you're looking at your team, you're trying to figure out who you're going to draft, who you think is a good prospect, go check out my man's. He's going to give you a lot of good information, and he's going to have some video breakdown as well. So all-inclusive, good dude, real good information. So he's a good follow at I and QP Nation and QP Sports Exchange. Cosign that whole situation. All right, we're going to get into uh, a story on Kyrie Irving, and I didn't know how to kind of approach this a little bit, so bear with me if you see me go back and forth on this, but it just needs to be brought up. Now, as I'm ta- as I'm recording this right now, the game has already started. Kyrie Irving won't be playing tonight, and you probably already know that, okay? It's not a secret to you now. But the reason why he is not playing is for personal reasons yet again. Okay, so the thing with Kyrie is that he seems to be more of a brand ambassador for Brooklyn. Or like a consultant. You know? Or like an old wrestler, like Goldberg or something. He comes in for like a WrestleMania pop and then he goes away for a year. Like The Undertaker. My man Kyrie is is getting a lot of days off. That's what I'm trying to say, okay? Without being mean and being rude, which I'm not trying to be, he's taking a lot of days off, all right? And not for injury, but for personal reasons. Now, I know this is going to sound harsh, but it, it, it seems like it's getting old, you know? Now, here's the thing. If it's a family emergency or there's a child, you know, God, you know, God forbid, but if there's a child that needs some, you know, some medical care, or there's somebody in family ill, or there's some, you know, family issues that need to be rectified, I understand that, you know, go handle your biz. But if this is a mental break, you kind of get paid like $30 million a year, dude. You need to suck this up and play. All right? And if your mental break is so needed and so warranted, it seems like you might have a bigger issue. And I do not make light of mental illness. As you know, um, I'm pretty transparent on this podcast. There is someone in my house who is dealing with mental illness. And I take it as a high priority. One of the reasons why this podcast, podcast is so late is because I had to be in on a meeting and talking to a, a, a person that was in charge of the individual who lives in the house here and their, you know, mental care. So I take this very seriously. It's omni important to me. But Kyrie, man to man, if you got some issues going on, bro, go ahead and shut it down for the year. Get whatever it is that you need to get taken care of in your personal life or in your mental health that will allow you to play with with a freedom and an ease 
that you probably haven't played with since you were in your like sophomore year of high school. So I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to jump on Kyrie. I did make a couple jokes, but at the end of the day, if it's something like that, just go ahead, shut it down for the year. Just like if you had a knee injury, shut it down, get it taken care of, and then come back in October and, and, and try to build on this dynasty situation that you got going on in Brooklyn. But if this is one of those things where you just kind of needing a, a PS5 day or Xbox day, player, you you make too much money. And, and when you sign on the dotted line for that contract, there were some obligations that came with that contract. And I'm not trying to treat athletes like, listen, just shut up and dribble. Because that's not my deal. That's not my deal at all. I'm just talking about, you know, anybody who's been part of a team sport, you understand when somebody's going through something and it can galvanize the team, right? It's one of those things that can just, all right, we got to, you know, we got to cape up for our boy. You know, you know, he down right now. And let's get after it, and then you know, let's wait for our man's to get back, and we can go ahead and and run this out, right? But when it's like you don't seem to be invested in the team, and like I said, I don't have any personal knowledge of the situation, but your teammates will tire and fatigue off this if it's just like, hey, yo. My man need needed a personal day, you know, a, a a mental health day, you know, to get his, you know, get his mind right or whatever the case may be. You know, if if it's like I said, if it's an Xbox day or a PS Five day, Kyrie Irving has some explaining to do. If it's if it's some real issues, and I'm not saying they're not. If there's some real mental health issues that he needs to deal with, I would just rather that young man go ahead, shut it down, go talk to a sports psychiatrist or a sports psychologist, either one, or talk to a, a therapist who has dealt with celebrities in the past and can help unlock Kyrie. Because I don't know what's going on with the young man. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and say I do. But I'm telling you as somebody who has played sports, you know, at a pretty high level, um, your teammates, you know, when, when you sense there's a guy that's not really all for the team, you start to kind of phase that dude out. You know what I'm saying? You might, you know, just be cool off that man. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's your teammate, and you always going to cake well for him because he got the same colors you got on. But, you know, behind closed doors, you know, I might fade that dude to the left for a second and, be like, go on and do my thing, so to speak. But I hope the Nets and Kyrie are communicating, um, if not every hour, every three or four Um and Kyrie, if you, if there is a issue or whatever, my man, go ahead, go handle your business, go do what you need to do. 
But we find out you out there partying and chilling and not being part of the team, then we might have an issue. Oh, I had another question. Okay, so I have two things and then we're going to get up out of here. I asked a bunch of people, um, if you were starting a franchise, okay, or you were taking over a franchise, you're you're the you're the player personnel guy of an NBA franchise, okay. Now, here's the caveat. Congratulations, you are now the new player personnel person of whatever. Now, here's your here's your scenario. You're not able to get the big four or five, however you want to slice it, okay? You're not able to get Kay Cunningham. You're not able to get Jalen Suggs, Jalen Green. You're not able to get Evan Mobley. And you're not able to get Jonathan Kamiga. Now, I proposed this to a bunch of people. And I said, who is the guy in the draft that you would feel confident building around outside the top five? Now, somebody gave me this piece of, this nugget. Keon Johnson of Tennessee was a uh, was a big like it was a name that came up multiple times. Okay, and I actually got a little scouting report on him as well. Um, so it, it, I mean, like I said, so you think about this, right? Keon Johnson is from Tennessee. He's the freshman guard. He's like a combo guard. Um, he had a pretty good year at Tennessee. Uh, really impressive as far as an athlete. Um, here's the scouting report on him. He's a very good perimeter defender, and he really likes to do it. He makes the ball handler feel uncomfortable with his dribble. Okay? So you got a lot of guys turning their back. So that's pretty good. He shows offensive flashes. He can be a great secondary uh, ball handler. He's not really built to be a point guard as far as his handle is concerned. His shooting has shown improvement. Okay, so you have that. And then he's an extremely electric athlete with a really quick first step. He has insane explosiveness, and he has a high vertical. So my man can jump out the building. Now, he has a pretty good mid-range game, but it's a, it's a, it's a mid-range jumper. His float game is going to need some work. So that floater that some people throw up there, I don't know if you're just better off with the jump shot, being having more control over the basketball or whatever. Now, some of the negatives on him is that his decision-making needs to get better. Sometimes there's too much dribbling. 
then you're dribbling, you know, you're getting ripped or whatever. But as a secondary ball handler, he's going to be all right. You know, you got to cut down on the dribbling because the dribbling gets a little sloppy at times. He's also going to need to fill out because he's 6'5", about 185. So, obviously, and here's the thing. He just turned 19, like literally um, like a month ago. So, he's a very young 19. So, weight room, training, all that. We'll see what he looks like in about three years. So, he's going to get pushed around a little bit in the NBA at 185 when he comes in. But, obviously, as the years go forward, he is going to be a grown man and have grown man strength. And people are really impressed with his athleticism. Okay? I'm not saying it's Anthony Edwards' athleticism, but it's up there. It's up there. It's pretty good. So keep a lookout for Keon Johnson, freshman guard out of Tennessee. Shouts out to everyone who kind of participated in this as well. Thank you for your comments and getting back to me so I can go ahead and do this pot. Now, I'm going to leave you with a crazy stat. All right? The very elite players in the NBA, okay? So, think about who your elite guys are, past, present, you know, what have you. They all have one thing in common. They all get to the free throw line over six times a game on average, okay? Now, some of the people who have done it, so... You know, I just, so I can go ahead and expound on this thought is this Kobe, Kobe Bryant, RIP Kobe. <sighs> That's still hard. That's still hard to talk about, man. Whew. So Kobe Bryant averaged eight free throw attempts a game. He got to the line. Okay. LeBron James is averaging basically eight for his career. Michael Jordan. Obviously, averaged eight times a game getting to the free throw line. You know who else is in that that same vein right now? Zion Williamson is averaging nine free throw attempts a game. Nine. As a second-year player, And if you think about it, as far as his experience level, a rookie, because he still hasn't played 82 games in the league yet. He's averaging nine free throw attempts a game. So that list again that I gave you, right? And we're talking about the greats of the greats, right? Kobe, LeBron, Mike, MJ. Come fly with me. You know what I'm saying? His airness. Is it the shoes? So y'all know who I'm talking about. That's that bad man. He's also the owner owner of the Charlotte Hornets. Shouts out to MJ. Yo, shouts out to MJ in his new boat. That thing is remarkable. 
Go check that thing out on IG. I think it's incredible. He can live on that thing. So my man Zion is averaging nine free throws a game. So here's my question. For New Orleans Pelican fans, shouts out to you, all of Pelican Nation. Here's a little interesting stat as well. In the fourth quarter, Zion Williamson is averaging 3.8 shots a game. So let me say that again. In the fourth quarter, how many shots is Zion getting up? Okay? It's under four. Okay? He's averaging under four shots in the fourth quarter. Brandon Ingram, on the other hand, is averaging 5.5 shots a game in the fourth quarter. What up? So, a couple weeks ago, I talked about Brandon Ingram not understanding whether it's it's not his team or not. Okay? And now we got numbers to back it up. So, the elite of the elites get to the free throw line eight times a game. Zion is getting to the free throw line nine times a game. And my man can't take more shots and can't take have more possessions when the game is on the line than Brandon Ingram. We said on this podcast a couple weeks ago that they needed to figure that out. They needed to talk, sit down and talk to Brandon Ingram about his role on the team and whether he was the number one option or not. These numbers do not lie. That dude thinks he's the number one option. Brandon Ingram thinks he's the number one option, no doubt. And it's clear to everyone. I mean, everybody's talking about it. Bill Simmons is talking about it. The NBA, the Ringer on the the Ringer NBA podcast is talking about it. The real ones have talked about it. Zach Lowe of ESPN has talked about it. Okay. My man, shots out to my man, Jalen Rose. Shots out to David Jacoby of ESPN. They talked about it. And there seems to be an issue with that situation. And I don't know how that gets rectified. I don't know if Stan Van Gundy or, uh, the player personnel guy, Griffin, sits Ingram down and say, hey, listen, we're going to need you to kind of uh, take a more secondary role in the offense when it comes to the fourth quarter or in late game situations because we have such an offensive advantage when Zion Williamson has the ball in his hands and he can initiate the offense. I don't know why that's so hard. I just did it right there. Hey, Brandon. We're going to need you to take a secondary role in the offense because the efficiency level of Zion Williamson is historic. And he gives us our best opportunity to be successful 
in end-of-game situations. Are you on board, Brandon? If you get any other answer than, yes, I'm on board, you need to make a trade in the offseason. And I really hope this doesn't stop the Pelicans from getting into the play the playing tournament so they can see if they get opportunity to go to the playoffs. Because I'm going to tell you right now, you better not play with Zion Williamson. There's two reasons for that. Because he'll be gone just like Anthony Davis if you continue to play with that cat. The other reason you should not play with Zion Williamson. My wife, Belinda, loves Zion Williamson. So, please, Pelican uh, Brass, Pe- Pelican Pelican uh, Management, please sit Brandon Ingram down and talk to that young man about what his role is on the team when it comes to crunch time minutes. Sincerely, QP Sports Exchange Podcast. Okay, with that being said, we're out. I want to thank the listeners. Man, you guys are killing it again. Just doing it real big. Please be part of the conversation, though. Hit me up on Twitter, QPP Network, and on Instagram and Facebook. Hit me up on Question Point Pod Network. All right? I want to have conversations about what we talked about on this podcast or any questions you have about your team or player or draft pick or a scouting profile, or whatever. Also, if you are a hooper, and you getting your grind in, in high school, or in grade school, and you want to be spotlighted on this show, you know the social media platforms. All it takes is a reach out on your, on your part, and you're on the show. It's real easy. We're trying to grow this thing to be the best podcast on the face of the planet, And I need the audience help. So you guys are doing great with downloads and subscribes. I can't even imagine the whole situation. It's so, I'm so grateful and so humble and so honored to do it. All right. So kudos to the audience. Now, with that being said, we're going to shut this down. Be good to yourself. Make sure you're taking care of you. Make sure you're getting out there. And uh, living some life for yourself. And then when you get a chance, take care of your neighbor. Be that be that ear they, they can bend. You know, say hi. You know, you know, just be hospitable if you can. And then that brings me to the third thing. Be a leader in your community. Give back. Volunteer. Or if you have it within your means, give to a worthwhile organization in your neck of the woods. And let's make this world a better place. Because we cannot continue to see things that are going on like in Virginia with Lieutenant Nazaro. Who was pulled over for a routine traffic uh, spot and was pepper sprayed and detained. You know, we got to start, we got to start looking at everybody as a human being and we got to start looking at, at, at ourselves as one and not a bunch of individuals in the sense of, you know, 
I got problems and nobody else can understand them. That's not true. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and sign off. You guys have a good week. Remember, we have no question about it, person or entity of the week. So if you are on board with that piece of that piece of uh, segment that we are bringing to the masses here in QP Nation, part of QP Sports Exchange, then you got to listen to Friday's pod because that's where it's at. But get the submissions in. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, get at me. QPP Network, Twitter, Question Point Pod Network, Instagram, and Facebook. All right. You guys have a great rest of your week. I will see you on Friday. And I am the Alcine. Day one. I'm alive and direct them full of fat. Making all these broke bitches break right. they necks. Cows wanna go to war, better come correct. When it's rain, shot pour, yeah, my shots stay wet. My shots stay wet, yeah. My shots stay wet, yeah. My shots stay wet, yeah, yeah.